1: Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. This is your host, Dr. Jennifer Hunter, Assistant Director for Family Consumer Sciences Extension at the University of Kentucky. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Dr. Natalie Jones, our Extension Specialist for Family Health. Welcome, Natalie.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: So uh, today's topic is about being involved with your own health care. And that sounds like such a simple topic, but of course, it's about you and taking care of yourself. That that obviously you're involved, but. I know that I am, I'm guilty of of this myself of maybe not always, especially like when I go for an annual physical, maybe not always giving my healthcare provider full information of waiting for them to ask the question before I kind of get it all out there or also not asking as many questions as I should while I'm there because I don't want to be perceived a burden or maybe I should have already known that and I didn't. Um. So today you're going to give us some ideas and um, about how to become more involved with our own health care.
2: Exactly. So this is something that is really important for our own health, as well as for organizations and doctors to be aware of, that they need to make things easier to understand for people. And so that is one of the things I want to talk about is health literacy. And the definition of health literacy was actually updated in August of 2020 so just this past year and the updated definition that i'm going to share with you is the personal health side so that's for individuals and so the definition is that health literacy is the degree to which individuals have the ability to find understand and use information and services to inform health related decisions and actions for themselves and others so this is really important i think it's a great definition because the healthcare field is very hard to navigate for people. And so we want to make sure that everyone has the opportunity to find quality healthcare, to understand the healthcare that they need, and then to actually take the information that the doctors are giving them and apply it. Right. And it seems easy, but anyone who has had a health complication or has had a family member with an illness or a disease or trying to take care and be an advocate for someone Knows how difficult navigating the healthcare system is. So that's why we want to make sure that everyone has a high level of health literacy.
1: And, you know, as I listen to you give the definition of health literacy, and I think about all the different places that individuals can you know, source information, obviously the internet is a common one that folks are going to go to. And it's important to realize that often there can be misinformation out there as well. So um, I, I would assume that part of growing your health literacy is also recognizing the legitimate sources of information available to you.
2: Yes. So I think we should talk about that too, because as we know, there are thousands of websites out there that are offering medical advice where they may not actually be, how should I say, giving you correct information, right? Some of those websites provide reliable health information and just some simply don't. And so the first thing that I want to say is always talk to your healthcare provider. If you have questions or if you read something on the internet, talk to your healthcare provider before you change anything about your health behavior. Just check with your doctor first. When it comes to reliable websites for health information, we want to make sure that we stick to those sites that have the .edu or .org or .gov. So those are government sites, condition-specific sites, or support organization sites and medical websites that are going to have those correct information. Some of the things that we want to... I guess just keep note is those red flags, right? So if you can't see the publisher or the author on the webpage, probably shouldn't trust it um, if they don't want to put their name on it, right? Right. Um, you want to make sure that they aren't trying to just sell you a product. Um, you also want to check and make sure that they aren't just claiming some secret cure or miraculous result, right? And then again, trusted resources, don't count on any one website. So make sure that it's backed by different websites, by different evidence-based information, check those sources. And then the number one person where we can get trusted information from is our doctor, right? So discuss what you find with your doctor before making any changes. And then also just to plug, right? Health brochures from the local extension office or community health centers or hospitals or your local doctor's office are also gonna have that trusted health information too.
1: So Natalie, sometimes I have to laugh at our pediatrician because she knows that I like to seek information. And so there's been times that she'll say, do not go home and Google this. Do not. Or there's even been times that she has called me the next day and has said, now I'm certain you have done your internet search. So let's talk about fact versus fiction of what you've read, because she knows that I'll worry if I, you know, so I've always thought that's kind of funny that of how well she she would know me to say, don't go home and Google this, don't do it. And kind of along those same lines, how can we as individuals be more involved in our healthcare or more involved in our family members' healthcare? Yes.
2: So these are great things to know before your appointment. So one, we want to make sure that we're always having an annual visit with a physician. So annual checkups are great for preventing, for screenings, for making sure that things don't get worse. And that is what is really important as well, is that if what we have found is that people are going, because they are not health literate, the cost of healthcare results in higher cases because they're not going until later on when something is already worse, when we could have caught it earlier. So we want to prevent those hospital visits and save money by going to the doctor once a year. And when we do that before our appointment, we want to make sure that we are bringing all the medicines that you currently take, or you can write them down. This includes prescription medicines, non-prescription medicines, such as aspirin or any anti-acids, vitamins, or dietary, or any supplements that you're taking. And then this is the big thing before your appointment that I, I do. I actually have a running list in my phone of like a notes just for my doctor of writing down. Any questions or any health concerns that I'm noticing that I know I'll forget, right? So I'll write something down and say, oh, this mole looks a little weird or this mole has changed. I need to make sure that they check this out. So anything like that, that you're noticing or that you're seeing, make sure that you write down those questions that you have or anything specific you want your doctor to look over. And then just making sure that you know your current medical conditions, past surgeries, and then also family history is helpful to know before your appointment.
1: Yeah, and you know when you talk about the list, that's one thing that I found is helpful for my healthcare provider as well. So I do have my annual physical coming up in a couple of weeks, and I kind of have my my little list going right now. But it allows the appointment to be more focused and more tailored, and that I think the healthcare provider recognizes that if you've written it down, it's probably something that's. You know that's been bothering you, or it's on your mind, or that we need to have a conversation about, or we need to explore explore more. But I just know for me personally, it just helps me focus. That sometimes, you know, sometimes people have anxiety when it comes yeah. to a doctor's appointment, right? And just going through all the steps of being weighed and having your blood pressure taken and being measured and all that kind of stuff. That sometimes you forget, you know, the list of things that that you might want to discuss with your provider. Exactly. That
2: white coat syndrome is real. I feel like Mm -hmm. you just, you see it. you're in the doctor's office and you just freeze. You're like, everything's fine. It's great. And then you're like, you get back to your car and you're like, dang, I forgot to mention this, 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 and this, and this. So writing down any of those concerns and those questions is great. And then also during your appointment, don't be afraid to ask questions. It can be hard and it can be because we are used to, they are the doctor, they know the answers, but we really need to be a part and be involved with our healthcare. So During our appointment, we really want to make sure that we communicate with our doctor, with our nurse, with the pharmacist. There are three questions that you should always ask during your appointment regarding any treatment or anything that they are bringing up that could be a health concern. So the first question is, what is my main problem or what is the problem? The second is, what do I need to do? And the third is, why is it important for me to do this? So it's important to know why, because a lot of times they might tell us to do something and we don't do it, or we don't really realize the importance of doing it when it obviously is very important and they wouldn't tell us to do it without, without a reason. So those three things are the best things to communicate with your doctor. And you mentioned this earlier briefly, but being honest with your physician is very important. So yeah, I
1: struggle with that one. <laughs> yeah. So there's
2: actually a funny quote that I won't say who told me this, but I said, if you're going to be honest with any two people, it needs to be your doctor and your lawyer. And I think that that is true. So the people who aren't going to tell, tell a soul about anything that you say in the room, unless you're going to obviously hurt yourself or hurt others is your doctor and your lawyer. So we want to make sure that anything that's going on, that we are open, that we are honest, non-judgment zone, I promise they've seen worse or they've heard worse. So be honest with your doctor and that can really help your treatment.
1: So what suggestions would you have if I do ask the questions that, that that you stated and I still don't really understand the response or the answers? What should I do next?
2: Yeah, so you should definitely make sure that your doctor or your nurse or your pharmacist, especially pharmacists, right? When we're taking medication, we want to make sure that we understand how to take it properly is that if you don't understand, ask again. And so some of the phrases that we could say is, this is new to me. Can you help me? understand and just explain it to me one more time? Or could you try to rephrase this? I'm still having a hard time understanding what I need to do. So again, just if they need to phrase it in a different way, or if it's a lot and you need to go back, that's important. And then I'll also say, we talked about that list to write down questions before a visit, bringing it into your visit, and then also making sure that you have space, whether it be on your phone or a tablet or a hard paper notebook of to write down what the doctor is saying. And that can be really helpful for if you're being an advocate for someone like a child or a dependent or anything like that, that can be helpful to just to have extra ears and to write down things so that we know when we leave the, the doctor's office that we know what we need to be doing for those next steps.
1: You know, and Natalie, I think that that's a good point that we often think about a parent taking a child to the doctor and kind of being that that advocate for them, or maybe taking an elderly parent and supporting them in that way. But I have found that especially if it's an appointment that I think might be emotional or that I have a lot of stress or anxiety over it, that it is helpful to take a support person that maybe is, you know, that obviously I trust, but is maybe not as attached to the situation that can clearly Really think through this is what she's going to want to know later. Um, that she may not realize it right now, but this is a question she's going to want to know the answer to later. And that can really be that second set of ears and kind of the more rational listener.
2: Exactly. It's always great if possible, um, especially depending on what you're going through, you know, it's something specific, a disease or a treatment oriented, to have someone there to help because. As a patient, you can just zone out as soon as you hear that diagnosis, Um, and it can be hard to process everything that's coming at you. So definitely be your own advocate and write down those questions, write down your concerns, bring that pad of paper with you, Um, be part of your treatment plan, be part of your healthcare team, and that can help prevent diseases and illnesses down the road.
1: Thank you, Natalie, for joining us today and encouraging us to find our own voice and be our own advocate for our healthcare.
2: Thank
0: you for having me. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu